Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. What a weekend. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it was a weekend. I uh, I feel sorry for whoever has to clean up the uh, brown bear car stall that I used to clean up my car. So. <laughs> I, I brought, a, I brought a lot twice. of the mountain home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's funny because I have all of those. I have a ton of coupons. When you get service done at Carter uh, Motors, they give you a brown bear coupon, and I have tons of them. And I've never, I never use them because always the rack's on top. And I actually took the rack off today. I've, I finally got to the point where I realized I can take the rack, the basket on and off. I don't need to be driving around on it like I actually you lose it five miles a gallon every time good god yeah that too so um and I don't know why I didn't use one of the coupons today but I sat in there and it took I mean like I had to go home and change because I was <laughs> rather dirty so yeah yep uh well we're brought to you by Avance Carter Motors Drivers Club which we're recording live at this evening Grios Garage Haggerty Salvo Design and York Real Estate yeah RCS 10 10% off at Grios Garage I'm gonna. I'm gonna be using lots of that when I get home. I did use a lot of it. Carl yeah. made my interior very dirty. <laughs> I don't know what part of me didn't realize that. I that we, I thought we were going to be hitting a ton of snow. We didn't. We hit a ton of rain and water. And I don't know why I didn't clean up that car and do the whole Grios. Um, oh, the interior stuff. waves. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about outside. I, sh- oh, I should yeah. have done the whole car because it, a lot of that stuff wouldn't have stuck. So there was a lot of dirt. Like. I clean my engine compartment carefully. <laughs> yes. Some we'll guy came up, Some guy came up to me and I had my hood open. He's like, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, no, you're supposed to do it. You're just supposed to do it the right way. Like, you know, I was spraying off the towers and getting under the hood and things like that. Yeah. I was staying away from all electrical and things like that. You're but, supposed uh, to spray your ECU with a pressure washer? What? Well, you can. I mean, once, <laughs> you know, so carbon, but really what you want to do is pull out the intake filter and just really put the nozzle down there and just let it, you know, while it's <laughs> running, it really helps. So yeah, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect transition to talk about our Carter Subaru tip. <laughs> of the yeah. week um <laughs> snorkels for everything <laughs> all things <laughs> all yes. things yeah. uh no we don't actually mean that but uh, it, we will explain that a little bit further so everybody says snorkels are for deep water crossings they're actually built for dust just to be clear on that we talked about that a long time ago that's the original design of a snorkel on a vehicle and yes they double as for deep water crossings but there's a lot more you need to do in that uh, we- <laughs> and i always thought the dust ones should face backwards like for the purpose of dust, like you're still sucking in dust, but I always thought backwards would face better. But I yeah, don't know. I always yeah. wondered that too, actually. Yeah, but uh, I want to talk about hydro lock because, um, <laughs> well, that happened not to us, uh, but we were off roading this weekend with some friends. And if you've ever, you, we posted some photos today. One of me looking like I'm about to hit Nick with the truck, but it's a great photo. Well, I don't know why anybody thought that was photoshopped. Like uh, <laughs> several people said that, and I was like, no, he was driving at me. I mean, there was some distance in between us, but yeah. Yeah, so. it looks like he's right behind me, but I'm probably yeah. 30 feet from you in the photo. Yeah. En- <laughs> enough. I mean, I got out of the way just barely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sped yeah. up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so hydro lock, uh, technically it's called hydrostatic lock. Uh, the term's been shortened to hydro lock, but it means the same thing. Basically, uh, simply stated, fluid is preventing the pistons from reaching the top of their stroke. And, well, guess what? Fuel atomizes and turns to gas in there and explodes. Water doesn't do that. Water doesn't... <laughs> doesn't compress. It doesn't compress very well. And it compresses the things that are trying to compress it and bends them. It does, yeah. or worse. Yeah. Worse in this case. So what damage is done in a hydrolock motor? Well, as we will tell you, it can throw the side, a rod through the side of your block if you do it bad enough. Um, if you're lucky, very lucky, it just stops the motor. Usually that happens when you hydrolock a motor at idle. That's usually the only time it ever does that. Otherwise, it's pretty much guaranteed to massively mess up your motor. I've seen bent piston rods. I've seen blown heads. I've seen valves recessed back into the head. I've seen exhaust manifolds blown off. <laughs> I mean, it can do catastrophic damage to a motor. And right now, 
everything is flooding everywhere. There's flooding all over Whatcom County, especially I five had a mudslide up North, um, fall city. There's a flood warning down in Carnation, And then what's a Duval's underwater, the road into Duval as usual. It's tempting and it's fun to go through those really deep puddles. I'm not going to lie. We all do it. Especially when we're off road, we're like, heck yeah, throttle down on the Raptor. I think that's actually a phrase you said to me. I drove off the road and into a river yesterday. Well, small Creek. And you go, <laughs> that looks like fun. I'm going to do that. Um, it is important. I mean, I, I, the Subaru is set up where I know I, I only technically drive into the water on the pass on the driver's side because I know the intakes on the, on the dr- passenger, passenger side. side. I'm careful about that, but it is something that you really have to watch. There are baffles and things like that that are supposed to stop it, but if you suck so much water out, of, you know, a lot of those things, a lot of those intakes come off of you, the side of your out of the wheel well, which is where most of the water is coming in, ironically. So, well, they're supposed to be behind the splash shield, and they're usually protected. Depends on how deep of water you get into. It also depends on a couple other little things, like if you change the front bumper out on your car. If mm-hmm. you've done any splash shield uh, cutting to fit uh, one of those aftermarket bumpers, like uh, I know a lot of high clearance bumpers do that. I did on my Land Cruiser, actually. You want to have fun off-road. Most vehicles are designed to take it, but there is a limit. And you'd be surprised what this was. So this happened actually on a friend's Land Rover. Of all vehicles you'd expect to be able to handle a big puddle, Land Rover's pretty high on the list. A Discovery, not a Range Rover, a Land Rover. Yeah, an electrical storm? Absolutely not. But yeah, water yeah. crossing? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. My Land Cruiser was actually the same way. The intake on my 99, which is a 100 series Land Cruiser, was built like that. Now, I actually had a snorkel for it. Uh, Davis ended up putting it on after I sold it to him. But I never we went. tried to put it on a couple of times. We looked at it, but it was like drilling holes in your fender. was. Yeah, and I was like, I wasn't sure if he was going to buy it at that point. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to cut a hole in the fender and then limit the market. But now that he has it, it looks really good. Yeah, he did. And it's job. extremely functional. Yeah. So, yes, this is a good preventative measure to do that. On the flip side, you're cutting into your fender and you can cause more damage with that. So if you really want to go splash around, yeah, go get a snorkel. It'll actually solve this problem. But and I think in most modern cars, they will actually, as, as funny as it is, they will show you a water level on some, a lot yeah. of the, of how far you, they say. They call you it, it's a, called a fording depth, fording but it depth, is not the same because, well, as we talked about earlier, like then you're getting like, they're safe fording depth. Like, yeah, it'll do it. We're not saying it's going to recover afterwards. It's like jumping a raptor. Yeah, it'll do it. <laughs> Once. <laughs> Once. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I crossed a river in the raptor in Moab and, it, and I did it slowly because I didn't want to throw you know, a river into the <laughs> engine bay. So it's... there's a, Okay, first of all, back to you, the YouTube. You, there's tons of ways you can talk about crossing. If you have to cross a water a water feature like for your life and things like that as far as creating a bow wave and, and, and doing that. I mean, it's it, tricky, though. It's tricky, but um, it can be done. But uh, yeah, uh, water got in the intake. Yep. A lot of water got in, in the intake. intake. And soaked the filter. Which, soaked filters. Which, you know, you, if there's photos. Dan, you did a wonderful job of cleaning out that filter. I tried really hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we tried our best. Like, and the funny thing is, at the end of the day, we had been, we'd have been out driving through anything and everything we could like a giant kid with rain boots. But um, Yeah, that, that yeah. turned into a sponge, though. Air yes, filters turn into sponges when it they did. fill with water. It's not pretty. And if you're lucky, that's all that happens is you clog the filter, the car turns off, and that's the end of it. That said, I mean, I, the last vehicle I expected to do that happened one was, you know, yeah. a, a Land Rover, yeah. Range Rover, Land Rover Discovery. Land Rover, Land Rover Discovery, yeah. yeah. I've got Land Cruiser and Land Rover going around in my head and it's yeah. getting me off. But yeah. yeah, but look out for that. If it does happen to you and you have the capability, uh, you can remove the spark plugs, turn it over and blow the water out. If you didn't cause any engine damage, you will immediately need to change the oil no matter what. If you're lucky, this is all that happens. And I... that. Isn't uncommon on motorcycles, actually. This used to happen a lot on motorcycles. Well, that's because people jump into the water and things like that. You fall over in a giant, you're doing a river crossing, your air intake's there. It's just, 
but they typically will just turn off. Thank God. I had it several times over the years on motorcycles. And every time it was pull the spark plug, just fire it until the water blows out. And it seemed to be fine. It never stopped me before, but on a car, it's usually, you know, you got more cylinders than one. And well, and this car was running too. Like when we pulled the filter off, like it, it ran really, really well. So I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I think they had to drive home without the filter because the filter was trashed and it would, and it was actually creating so much back pressure that the engine wasn't running. Yeah, and hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, a tow would have been the right move. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, but yeah. they're going to LS swap it. They've already planned that. They already sourced the LS, and that's already on its way. And that is uh, wow. Yeah, that's it's Monday. Yeah, that happened yesterday. Yeah, they had the LS. Oh, I'm they had the motor already already sourced yesterday. Oh, they just were looking for an excuse. Okay, all right. yeah. So all right, they had already fair. had this in the back of their that's mind. Fair. Okay. And as you as anybody will tell you, if you ever want to you know fix a Land Rover, you just put a Chevy different engine. It. Yeah, yeah, which will make it you know. Drivable. <laughs> British cars are great for that. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. well, Land Cruiser, that's a popular swap too mm-hmm. because the Toyota motors, I will say it, are trashing those. They're so heavy, they just don't, they barely will go the speed limit. <laughs> There's yeah. a limit there where you just need more power. It's a heavy car, yeah. to say the least. So yeah. anyway, river crossings, water crossings, big puddles. If you have a regular sedan, you're not built for this, it's fun, but avoid it. The catastrophic failure is not worth it. You will be laughing until that happens. Or drive through it slowly. Re- if you have to, Really, really slowly, but I mean, if it's coming up to your bumper and you're in like a regular sedan, that's game over. That being said, turn around, ignore all photos that Dan and I have posted on the internet this week. <laughs> well, because we are not doing, we're not practicing what we preached. The Raptor, <laughs> the the intake on it is so high. the in, The intake for it is above the grill, behind the hood. Like you literally have to pretty much nose dive that thing into a river to actually get it in there. Now you can do other damage with water. Don't get me wrong. This is just the internals. I mean. You've still got fuse panels and electrical down low with a footwell. Intercooler will take it. It won't it just flow through it. Yeah, but I'm just saying the force of that can bend fins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't know what's in that water. But yeah. I mean, like, bumper height, it's it's fine. Yeah. And then we didn't go, didn't go in anything over the bumper. So that's no fun. Close. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, we were, we were laughing, too, because there's a river crossing out there. And normally you can just, like, drive through it, and it's fine. It's probably about bumper height. It's probably 18, 20 inches high. And it's a fun little thing to just drive through slowly because it's really short. We looked at it that way and I was like, if I tried to cross that at Stampede last weekend, I would have been down the river. Yeah. <laughs> Within the Raptor. Yeah. So much water up there. Most definitely. Well, but it, it was a fun day. I'm sorry that the tragedy happened. Um, yeah. That's what you get when you have a chauffeur driving your uh, Land Rover around. So. <laughs> She's going to be so mad at She you. knows what she did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, we have a guest this week who is an expert on a lot of things like this, but um, mainly Porsches and a lot of other things, though. He drives a lot of other cars. He does a lot of cool road trips. I've uh, been following his Facebook page for a while. Uh, he's a guy. Stalker. Who, a little bit. <laughs> Great guy to talk to about values right now, which are insane and through the roof. Nathan Mers, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. Good. Absolutely. I was actually watching your, I think you just recently released it, the video on the the Boxster uh, and going through it. And and, I mean, a lot of things that we've talked about on the show, but I mean, just a lot of fun, good information. And it was like, and it was presented well. So I really thank you because we've obviously in this world, we've seen so many videos where somebody will go through a car and you're just like, oh God, get to the point where I want to hear it. But you know, (laughs) it's great. Well, I appreciate that. It was was a really fun thing to do. I actually uh, had planned, I had I got a recent Jones for an early Porsche 928. I'd never been a big 928 guy. And um, I excuse anyone who's a 928 fan. I never liked the later 928s. And then I drove an early 928, and I thought, oh, now yeah. I know what the magic's about. 
So then I'm on this hunt for getting a 928. And then I told my wife, I said, we're going to take this 5,000-mile road trip in this 928 that's only gone 1,000 miles in the last 25 years. So you can kind of figure <laughs> out how well this was going to go. So I, I, I did it. You have an understanding wife. Let's just start with that. <laughs> well, I told her, I said, there's a 50% chance we'll be on the side of the road somewhere in the Dakotas. Yeah. <laughs> that's good planning right there. Yeah. Right? Okay. I at least set the expectation. Yeah. So I finally, the week prior to the trip, I just pulled the ripcord because literally I was driving the car and everything was great. And the week prior, the brakes had failed, so I had no brakes. <laughs> and I was like, I got that solved. And I was like, okay, that's good. And then it died on I-90 and I thought, okay, this is probably not good. So then I thought, okay, I got to go plan B. So I thought, well, if, what if we just fly to the end point of the trip and buy a car and come back? I've mm-hmm. done that a lot. That's right? great. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, well, I got to find something fun and interesting. And so this Boxster popped up, which normally I wouldn't have looked at twice, just a base Boxster, until I read the line where it said, IMS failed, and I decided to put a 3.6 Carrera motor in it. <laughs> so I went, proper. Okay. The car <laughs> Porsche should have built. What the hell? It was in Maryland. And I thought, well, and good friends at PCA said, well, they can drop it off here, and they've got a lift and some tools. And so I Amazoned a bunch of car parts there and figured... I'll fly in, quickly give it a service, and hopefully it makes it 5,000 miles. So that's where we made that video. It, it was great. Like, it, it was kind of a sh- – it wasn't what I expected. Dan had sent it to me, and I, I had, was starting to watch it today, and I it got cut up in pieces, and I was like, well, this will be interesting because, I mean, I like the Boxster. I think it's an interesting car, but I was like – and then you were talking about it, and I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because it's like the most base boxer I think had like two options, like floor mats and colored crest. I mean, it's a strippy, <laughs> strippy 17-inch wheel, you know, the kind of boxer you buy when you win it at the in Tulalip Casino. Yeah, absolutely. Back, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Play in the slots. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, you wouldn't look at it twice except for it's got pretty good ride height, you know, because it's got some PSS 10s like totally dialed down low, badly needs wheel spacers. But yeah, it still looks pretty good. So I thought, and uh, yeah, so I drove that silly car Everywhere, including a, a, a lapping day at Road America. So <laughs> that's what awesome. could be better, right? I mean, why not? I mean, those, they're great little cars. And that's, and that's what, right where our Vaughn's got. I mean, he bought his Boxster and was beating on it. And yeah. Yeah. Many, many times. So you've got uh, the Boxster now. You have a pretty nice collection of cars, though. I do have quite a few cars. Uh, Carl uh, did a nice photo shoot through you here at yeah. Driver's Club, actually. Yeah, he actually did a photo shoot on a 993 Turbo S that I have right down below us. Got to thank Doug for building such beautiful landscape and, and building here because it's just a spectacular backdrop. It's like he anybody. thought ahead of that, of something, you know, <laughs> yeah, about right? the fact of having that beautiful <laughs> drive out front. And then usually if it's not one of our cars or a Ferrari out front, something like that, it's, you know, it sucks. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a pretty good backdrop, yeah. so... But no, I, I, I just love cars. I mean, I tell people, you know, you could be addicted to, to gambling or porn or whatever, but for us, it's cars, right? And cars of all types. And um, so, yeah, it's my, my Porsche customers are always surprised to hear I get just as excited oftentimes about some non-Porsche, um, <laughs> particularly if I get something that they don't think is uh, at my station in life. You know, I you love can a have other theater. knowledge other than Porsche knowledge? That's oh. so weird. I didn't know that. We should shut this off right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Porsche people, we, we tend to be a little bit odd, and uh, they think there's only one brand in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, we were earlier, we were talking you know, C7, uh, Z06, and that was kind of fun, because uh, I have one customer in particular, and he's always, you know, giving me grief, and he says, I think I'm the only customer you have that is a Porsche and a Corvette guy. I said, well, 
Probably not the only one, but you are rare. <laughs> they exist, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Dan Putnams of the world, actually. So Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, I was sort of the, the worst part about being a Corvette owner was being a Corvette owner. But other than that, I love the car. But, I mean, they had so many awesome T-shirts and plastic pieces and zip ties. and um, okay, yeah. So. <laughs> Did you always have a love of cars since you were a kid? I popped out this way. Did yeah. You? We understand that, trust me. Yeah. 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 I'm glad, you know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, so I'm glad they didn't have this concept of being on the spectrum because I totally mm-hmm. would have been labeled. Like, yeah. I was so hyper-focused, I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Like, I literally just sat there and, like, rocked to myself and read car magazines. And no one thought that was weird in that Perfectly era. normal. Nowadays, they'd be like, that kid, uh, he needs to be on an IEP, and he's definitely <laughs> on a program. They just said, oh, he's... A little bit odd, so it worked out. <laughs> I've been hearing that my whole life. <laughs> Actually, something you've talked about, too, and, and I'm the kind of the same way, and it's something that I've worked on since I was a kid, is I love being able to go down the freeway and either look at taillights or headlights of a car Bingo. and identify what, yes. the, what it is. Most, I mean, I think it's rooted in the fact I want to know if there's a cop behind me. But 100%. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, I, it's, it's funny because I was driving home last night after the thing, and I was looking at this car, and I could not, I, had, I just haven't seen it that much, and I didn't know the rear end of it, and it ended up being a new uh, Taycan um, wagon. Oh, well, yeah, what do you call those? The, the, the Sport Turismo. Yes, Sport Turismo. And I'm, and, and I'm, I'm driving, nice. and I could not yeah. catch up to the guy because he was moving, <laughs> even in the <laughs> rain, and I'm like, I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't, I'm, it looks Porsche-esque, but there's a, it's a wagon, and I had only other, seen other, one other one was Ben Abrams, which it wasn't his, but yeah. yeah. Somebody up in Sammamish got a new toy. Well, good. See, <laughs> yeah. then if two people in the world think the same way, it's not weird. Right? See? Yes. I mean, that's, it's, now, it's now a movement. I'm that way <laughs> right? about, I mean, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I actually like when it's raining because it ups the ante for the game. So if it's dark and raining, mm-hmm. You really have to be on your A game to yeah. spot the taillight from you know like twenty car lengths away to know. Yeah. You got to see it through the windshield wipers, through the rain, through. <laughs> Although I do think there should be a law that regular consumers should not be able to buy base version chargers and things like that. <laughs> I agree. And explorer. Yeah, it's it's just not okay. And they shouldn't sell the, the old Crown Vicks to people. And, <laughs> or if they do, they should make them take off the push bars and the lights. Uh, the, you know the little. Whatever. I still think it'd be fun to have a Hellcat charger and put the push bar and the lights on. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the, the normal kid that you the see drive, that, that bought a, a Crown Vic that's an old police edition, you know, he's cruising down, you know, so. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's always been something. Like, my growing up, my dad was a person, and it's kind of funny because he doesn't do as much anymore, but he, you know, he grew up in the, the 50s and 60s and, you know, hearing a car and knowing mm. what was in it or what it might be and things like that. So, um, which I never quite got because uh, I was telling you about the Triumph, like, that had so many holes in the muffler when I got it. When I actually put a new exhaust system on it, it didn't sound anything like I thought it was going to. So, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, my favorite pet peeve is when uh, someone has, like, you'll see a, an officer, and he, they always sit in the left lane, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm always like, okay, basically have some understanding of geography. So here we're in Seattle, and there's a, there's a police officer, and it says Stillicum, you know, but he's sitting in the left lane and, you know, driving the 4 or 5 in Kirkland, and people are going 52 miles an hour. I'm like, yep. the dude from Stillicum is not going to, like, Pull some rank here and start pulling you over on the four or five. I promise. So just move around them. But yeah, so people all lock up behind them and they don't dare go the speed limit. It's like, like most oh. of the state troopers at this point aren't going to pull. Yeah, <laughs> they're all. They're just like we don't have staff. We're watching Netflix. Go yeah. away. <laughs> most likely, if you see an officer that's way out of his district, he's probably dropping off a prisoner at some place. Yeah, he's yeah. got better things to do than come after you. But exactly I mean, for going sixty four on the on the four or five. I promise. Yeah, I mean, I, I have been the guy that got called in by another officer. It was out of his. 
Yeah, me too. So I mean, it can <laughs> that was a happen. Long time but ago. yeah, it was a long time ago. But yeah, so yeah. but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sickness. It truly is. I mean, it's the it starts as a child with all the Hot Wheels cars and. And it's just anything, and I mean, I remember anything I could do to get a hold of, like, either, like, any type of magazine. And then growing up in the 80s and 90s, you know, when, when things like Dub Magazine and stuff like that, I mean, I would read anything. And half the time I'd read it going, this is stupid. Why do people oh, do yeah. this? But that was Sport Compact I still Car wanted to know. Oh, just yeah, like, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's just, like, you know. every page is a train wreck of mods. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> Super Street, That's what that was the one that was terrible. Super Street, yeah, I mean, Dub, uh, all the, I mean, you know, Hot Rod Magazine, uh, anything I could get my hands on would be you know i mean learning to read a couple of years ago really helped but um it was all about the <laughs> pictures, pictures but yeah so. yeah so yeah let's take our first break come back i want to talk to you more about your business and uh car values which are insane we'll be right back we spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens laptops smartphones tablets even digital refrigerators but what are we really connected to isn't it time you connected to something greater Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Let's talk about your business, Columbia Valley Luxury Cars. Yeah. So uh, basically the first thing about my business is my brand doesn't fit, and I've just been too darn lazy <laughs> to change it. Um, Works so for the winery. It's fine. Well, I, I used to be out in eastern Washington. Uh, it's kind of where my heart is. I was born and raised here in Kirkland, but uh, we had a home out there, and, and no one was selling kind of premium. Where were you at out there? I was in uh, Richland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. And yeah. no one was selling stuff, yet I saw people were driving this stuff. And so when I decided to go into the car business, I thought, well, here's an opportunity. Someone should be selling, you know, what I call, you know, near high line stuff, you know, three series BMWs and E-class Mercedes Benz and, and that kind of stuff, X5s. And so we opened a store there, oh, this is 16 years ago or something. And um, I was actually way more successful at it than I wanted to be, which sounds absolutely the silliest thing you could ever have. Mostly because I don't want to work that hard. That's, it's a time thing more than oh, anything. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're selling, I didn't realize, I thought, oh, I think of a 3 Series, I think the M3 or something kind of fun. But when you're selling pedestrian, you know, E90 325 premium package in silver, it's just someone wanting a fancier, you know, Civic, essentially, yeah. right? Hey, somebody ordered that. <laughs> the dealer did, yeah. right? Yeah. No. And it was a two ninety nine lease out of Santa Monica. I know how it works. <laughs> um, so uh, what ended up happening is, all of a sudden, I'm working nights and weekends, you know, and then yep. couples are coming in, and they're arguing, and I'm trying to get financing, and I'm like... One of them's crying. Oh, my God. I mean, what did I do to myself? The baby can't eat, but yeah. I need an M3. <laughs> totally, yeah. right? So uh, we did that for a few years, but I really just wanted to do Porsche, and I just didn't think I could do that, just Porsche, and pay the bills. Uh, but I quickly realized I could, and um, so that took off and was going so crazy, I thought, 10-plus years ago, I need a new brand. Well, I haven't taken a breath in 10 years, so I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. My brand doesn't fit. So if you wonder why it says luxury cars and I have no luxury cars other than Porsches, deal with it. That's the brand. <laughs> so... Um, Look somewhere else. I mean, yeah. as long as people know who you are and what you do, it's, you know, that's the important thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but basically my focus has been Porsche. I've had a love of Porsche. Like you, read all the car magazines. And for whatever reason, uh, growing up here, uh, my dad had a Porsche when I was a kid. A lot of the neighbors did. And I had a paper route. And I, I distinctly remember several people in the neighborhood had Porsches. And even as a little kid, 10 years old, I was highly judgmental. 
and I would be out on my bike, and it'd be like five o'clock in the morning, and here'd be like a beautiful new Nanalosi sitting in the driveway, and I think this is a bad human being. He's got this beautiful Porsche, and it's out here in the rain. So, uh, although I should have looked at it like, hey, he's given me the opportunity to, to forge a lifelong love for these cars because I'd sit out awkwardly in the driveway and be checking this car out. And if it was a morning, I went to deliver the paper, and that car was gone. It just ruined the whole day. You know, so no. You should have gone and knocked on the door and told them clean out the garage, get the car in the garage, have some respect for your, your, your <laughs> nice things. Now, mind you, this was the same people that usually. This is a true story. So back then, you you paid five dollars and fifty cents a month wholesale for the paper, and you had to go collect eight dollars and fifty cents. So you made three dollars per month per per delivery. Right? These were the same people. I darn well knew they were home, but I'd knock on the door. I'm like 10 years old, and they would stiff me for the paper. They would like you could hear them. Don't answer the door. It's the paper kid. Get him. I want yeah. my two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, say, wasn't that the, the the whole plot to nothing but trouble? Yeah, or, yeah. And, or better off dead. Better or something. Off dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. my two dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. Who rips off the ten year old kid who's just trying to buy a new BMX bike? You know, because yeah. they don't want to pay the extra, you know, five dollars for the paper. You can give me my money for the paper. Or you can get new tires for your Porsche. Here is your option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that creative. Oh, okay. I would. Yeah, I would have been. But yeah. You know, I, it's funny because uh, another person that kind of told us that story, in fact, we were talking yeah. about, is, is Mark Green. Mark Green, yeah. he used to do that. He used to have a paper route, and he would go out and... Detail cars. Detail cars. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, his neighbor, his dad's neighbor bought a Porsche and things like that. So it's, I mean, it, it, but that's always been your brand in your mind? That's That's been the, the luxury brand that you love? and Yeah, I mean, Porsche has just always spoke to me. You know, I, I, the very first thing I got into were old Volkswagens, air-cooled Volkswagens, hmm. because kind of... Smash Beetle, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> corollary to being a newspaper carrier, I was a morning person, so I'd open up the paper and I'd read, that was when they had classifieds, right? Yeah, and, oh yeah, I remember that. And I would always just scan, and oh my gosh, and I'd eyeball the cars, and of course, well, what could I afford at that time? Old air-cooled Volkswagens were kind of interesting, and I'm not a, I'm not a good mechanic at all. In fact, I'm a terrible mechanic, but I was smart enough to figure out how those worked. And so I quickly figured out that the people were so cheap, they would try to write an ad because Murray had to pay by the word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quick as possible. And so the, the ad would be something like, you know, 68 Volkswagen runs $500. So I'd think, well, I'm going to go buy this car, make it run better. And that was when Auto Trader had the magazine. Oh, yeah. And I had a Polaroid camera. I was quite high tech. So I would go buy this car for $500. I was like 13 years old. Make my mom drive me over there and take my paper out money and buy this car. Drag it home, figure out how to sell it, and then I'd write the 50-word ad copy that you got. Mm-hmm. And then I would take a really snazzy, you know, Polaroid photo, and I'd put that thing up there for $1,800 or something. And, of course, illegally, you know, flip the title. But, yeah. hey, I was a kid. Who was going to say anything? Yeah. You didn't know better. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it started that way. So I started buying those, and then I got into, you know, A1 chassis Volkswagens, Rabbits and Scirocco's and GTI's. And cars that are worth money now. Yeah. Yeah, and I parlayed that into my first 911 at 16. And... Um, Wow. Dang. Yeah. So Quite the entrepreneur. That. Yeah. And, and that kind of got me going. And I've had a 911 in my garage ever since then. So uh, that's kind of my bag. I remember those days. Like, and, and it's funny because half the time when you got to the Volkswagen session, section, people didn't want to actually print Volkswagen. They'd be like, you know. VW. VW. <laughs> it's like because more, the more letters, the more they had to put in there. But yeah. And I remember going and picking up like the auto trader and, and looking through that. I mean. Oh, Joe Dirt talking about finding the uh, foot gas pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What, have you, what else have you done? You said you kind of stumbled into Columbia Valley luxury cars by accident, turned into a full-time thing, but is it, and you've been 
buying and selling since you were 13. Yeah. Is there any jobs in between there? Yeah, do you have a real job or anything? No, No, this is a great real job. (laughs) I actually did. You know, growing up, you know, here on the east side, you you, you belong at a certain, like, a social strata or something. There's this expectation. Well, of course you're going to go to college, right? So even though I was, frankly, making more money than most adults were making at this point, I probably should have just, you know, gone with that plan. But go off to college to get a, you know, traditional, nice, you know, professional job and mm-hmm. so uh my original job was was in tech like a lot of people who are here in the, in the late 90s and kind of did that here? until the That's the wheels kind of came off the wagon in the in the late 90s and and so pivoted over to the pharmaceutical business and worked in sales and sales management in, in pharmaceutical world and did that for a while and uh luckily i married a wife or a woman who's smarter than i am which of course, that's not a always high, a good man. Not a very high a standard, plan. mind you. Yeah. But uh, she's catch smarter 22, than me. She's smarter than you, but she married you. So yeah. that's the, you know, <laughs> I guess that's true. It's a circular argument. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's moderately smart. We've yeah. now yeah. justified <laughs> this. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I, I was doing well in that world, and they they offered me a promotion, which was going to take us either back east or to Europe. And so we did a little, you know, soul searching as a family. And I had four kids at this point, and uh, she said, you know, just a thought. She goes. If we need to move, that's fine. We'll pack the family. We'll go. But maybe, just maybe, you should do what you're really supposed to be doing. And, uh, of course, being responsible with four kids and a wife who wasn't working outside the home, I thought, okay, so I'm going to quit my really lucrative corporate job with, you know, the company Amex and all the great benefits and go to be a used car salesman. But somehow she thought that sounded like a good idea. So uh, she kind of pushed me over the edge. Never let her go. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I will give her props. Not only did she push me to do that, it's so funny. We were at a, a function a couple of weeks ago with, you know, some other couples. And one of the ladies actually kind of pulled my wife aside. And she says, why is it you let your husband have all these cars? Right, and she was like, kind of almost upset, like somehow yeah. this that she'd broken the woman code or yeah. something. Like, you, know? <laughs> you broke the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my wife's like, I don't care. He's happy, and he takes care of us, and we have what we need. So yeah. why would I deny him that? Like you know, he makes money at yeah. it too. So <laughs> win all around. I, I don't think that was the answer. This 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 gal was. Looking we haven't for. starved a child in weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. Yeah. Daddy got a new 911, but I don't get to eat. <laughs> My kids are very thin, and yeah, thin exactly. is healthy, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> thin is lightweight. Yes. So, I mean, helps gas mileage. Yes. That's the way you look right. at it. Yeah. It's an right. environmental thing. No, I mean, you, 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 you did stumble upon a very rare, very rare woman there um, that, that will allow this. I mean, you know, even though they're, 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 her own people are starting to criticize you for it, but it's yeah. not your fault. She's <laughs> fighting the good fight for me. Right? You know, she really is. You've got to look at it that way. Yeah. And, even, and she even resists urge like every so often, but it's pretty rare. Sometimes she'll go to the garage and be like, huh, when did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like we jumped in a car. <laughs> was that there yesterday? Sure. <laughs> like it was funny. Last Saturday, we went out for a date and I, I jumped in my 996 Turbo, which I can't even remember how long I had. A couple, I've had it a couple of years or something. And so we get in and she goes, oh, did you just get this? I go, no, I've had this for a couple of years. <laughs> She's just like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Not in a conversation, but <laughs> exactly. moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Was that there yesterday? I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's really funny. Uh, let's talk about car values right now. This is, uh, <laughs> we were having a pretty good conversation before the show, but I was laughing because I like the listeners know I've been on this hunt for this mythical R8 V10 Plus for a greater, probably longer than a year now, I think. 
And the unicorn doesn't exist. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> out there. But cars I was looking at that were going for between one thirty and one forty five are going for one eighty to two twenty now. Literally, the exact same cars. I've seen them kind of float around. Actually, I've seen them shift dealerships. I'm like, oh, I, I know that car because when you're looking for a car that limited, and I'm looking for a red one with certain interior options, there's only a handful of them. So you see the same car, and it's just flip, 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 flip. Like people are just buying and flipping. Like guy bought. I, I got one bought out from underneath me for 150 and that was way more than I was willing to spend. And he sold it less than a year later for like, I think the, the Carfax, they're listing it for 190 now, the same car. I was like, that was a smart move by that guy. <laughs> the world is unusual. Like I was telling you about that ZR1 in, in Pennsylvania that's going for over $250,000, even though it's a low VIN. Yeah. Like it's number- ridiculous, this world. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's going to be working well for you, but... Uh, you know, it's What's funny. It like? uh, there's a couple things. You know, one, it actually works against me. You know, I actually people ask what I think about this. I hate it. You know, for, and it, for so many reasons. Nice I, job, I Dan. hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is a great. Yeah, no. This is actually <laughs> well, one because I, I truly am an enthusiast, right? So, yeah. uh, and because I have a love for these cars and a passion for them, I want to be able to share that opportunity with other people. And and the more out of reach a lot of these cars get, they become not shared. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, like I sold an early 911 uh, today, and it was really fun because this gentleman had never driven an early 911. And so for him to have the opportunity to have that experience, but of course that was a very expensive experience for him to have. You know, it used to be I could get someone that experience, you know, 10 years ago for $30,000. Well, there's, you know, we forget this living on the east side, but the reality is there's just a lot more enthusiasts that can afford 30 for a fun car than can afford 150 or 250 Right, yeah. Right? And so... Uh, maybe I'm just being very PC or something. I kind of like this equal opportunity car enthusiasm community. Um, I'll give a props out to Avance. I mean, that's one of the things I like about Avance. I mean, like you see people in half million dollar cars and you see people with $5,000 cars. And that's actually more interesting to me culturally to go be in that environment than one where the cost of entry is six or seven figures. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the value front, the other thing that's hard is that obviously for me to sell cars, I have to buy cars. Yeah. Well, everyone feels like if they sell a car today, they've got to add some mega X factor on it. Um, Or they think if they're selling it today, they're potentially being foolish. And so uh, it's hard to establish a number of people are happy with um, that they're willing to sell. Um, So that always creates a little bit of a challenge. And the other thing is there is less of a science. It used to be up until even probably a year ago, in the Porsche market, I could predict within literally a couple hundred bucks what a car would sell for. Nowadays, I have a general range, and then I have to add a, it could be stupid number on top. Because you just don't know. Particularly if you're going to put it at one of the on- online auction venues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bizarre, it's bizarre town. I mean, there's always been, you know, Dan and I have spent enough time at Bear Jackson and things like that, and you, where you watch people that have a passion for something, and they're going, you know, I know it's worth 100 but because I want it and I need it in the garage, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to pay 130 doesn't mean it's worth 130 I mean, we see that in the car market. We see it in the house, housing market right. right here. So, I mean, there's always been that, but I think now it's like, I want it, or I want, I want to sell it, and I know it's worth 100 but I think I'm going to put it out there for 150 just to see. And then they start getting offers, and they're going, oh, well, wait a minute. If, I, if, if people are asking me at 150 then I can probably go ask 160 And then it starts the bidding war, and then people are yelling at people on Facebook and calling them names. And <laughs> so. That's its own conversation. That yeah. is, yeah, true. Man, I, uh, 
I, I laugh. In fact, I almost reached out to a, a fellow in the industry. There's a, I won't, th- I won't throw this particular page on Facebook under the bus, but it's in my space, let's just say. And it's career suicide to list a car on there because you just literally, you put a car out at current pricing, then a hundred people just go bananas about it. It's like, it's not even worth it. Like there's no buyers on there. So I'm like, don't bother putting your stuff out there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a weird world. The other thing that's kind of funny is take your, your example of someone who had a car that was worth 100 and they think, oh, okay, I'll put it for 150 Then all of a sudden, if you come to them and say, okay, I, c- I can get you a deal on this car at 140 Now, mind you, they're getting 40 more than they originally thought, but they're disappointed because they didn't get over the 150 And so instead of thinking, I got 40% more than I really think it was worth, they're disappointed they didn't get the extra. Yeah. So hmm. it's a weird... Like, how would you be they disappointed move the goal about post. that? They move the goalpost is yeah. what the problem is. Well, my point of the, the, before I went off on my little bit of my rant with Facebook is, is there becomes that they play it. I mean, it happens in everything. It's like, well, you know, you put it for 150, somebody offers you 150, and then somebody else goes, well, I'll give you 151, you know, and then, and then you start this bidding war between two people, and then nobody buys the car because you pissed everybody else off. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I have a philosophy. I, not you. I'm talking yeah. about the general like, person that's, that's, Selling on these online forums. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, if I ever get in a bidding situation, I'm always done. Yeah. That's just, philosophically, that's my style. Um, you know, everyone's got their own thing. But to your point, you piss everybody off and it just gets ugly. And Well, and I think I learned a lot from you. It's like, when I'm buying stuff, no matter what it is, I go, this is my price. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I know what I want to pay and, and, and that's it. Like, I'm not going to pay anymore. And it's people, you know, it, it's just kind of ridiculous to me. I think that, they people get out there and they think they're gonna just because they think it's worth something doesn't mean it is i mean obviously the old saying it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it is true but at the end of the day you know if you want a bank to finance it they're going to tell you exactly what they think it's worth so yeah if yeah when it comes to financing well it's just mass market vehicles are different too though because when you've got so many well as porsche especially you've got Porsche has a million limited editions. <laughs> like every year there's this, you know, there's a GT3, but then there's this other GT3 in this color with this trim, and there's one of those. But we took the wing out and we took the stereo out, so we're going to charge you more. more. <laughs> See, now, I, I got to call you guys out because you guys are knocking them, but as soon as they offer, you know, the Porsche Rain City Supercar Special Edition, you guys will be hyping well, it. Absolutely. I know you will be. I mean, if they <laughs> want to pay us to put the emblems, absolutely. It'll have a snorkel on it. It'll <laughs> have rain-sensing wipers. It'll, It'll be a Safari a Edition. You're selling us for us. <laughs> See? And they'll make 20 of them, and everybody's like, dude, yeah, I Safari got the Rain came in, City Supercars. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rain City Supercars would be more of a, like, a, you know, a used Fiesta market. Ford Fiesta market. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to me. I mean, I mean, Porsche's not the only one that does it. It's no. limited edition. I mean, Lamborghini does it. <laughs> I'm about to name all these companies that are actually any related. Exotic, any <laughs> exotic. <laughs> Like you market know, is going to do that. I mean, how how many years has Lamborghini told us that this is the last Aventador? <laughs> We're not making any more Aventadors. We're just adding yeah. letters to this one. Uh, it's the same thing. They but, haven't added an X yet. Well, they will. They will. <laughs> SBJX edition. That, that, I mean, <laughs> I we've talked it. about it before, but that, I always found that funny. In the, some of these, you know, after talking to a lot of the Porsche owners here, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a special edition," but I paid more, and there's no stereo, and I don't have air conditioning, <laughs> and I'm like, "You paid more, and they took stuff out." Like. <laughs> 
So. Ultimate track lightweight. Like, yeah. How many times do you go to the track? I've never been. I've never been. <laughs> I wouldn't take this to the track. It's limited edition. <laughs> so. Oh, and it's paint a sample. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, good God. Uh, I, I love mean, BTS cars, though. Oh, I do, too. But you They're know what's so, so cool funny see. is I would love to have the data. And I know Porsche would never release this because they'd be ratted out. But I would stake my reputation on late model Porsche GT cars. The more common paint to sample colors are more popular and more common than the lesser chosen standard colors. I guarantee it. Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 I think Riviera blue, Miami blue. Oh. What's the other one? Uh, there's the three blues that are really close. That and that purple's coming back. Like the yeah. one that was on like the old. Uh, what is it's the, the 964 colors yes. are coming back, yeah. which I love. Like Those ruby are, stone, yes. mint green. Yeah, all yeah. the weird ones. I get it. I mean, Maritime they're pretty. Blue. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but everybody, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a one-off color. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, people forget, you know, in the history of Porsche with paint to sample, it truly, I mean, there, were, there was always, a, there was basically always a couple different buckets of paint to sample, and people sometimes don't realize that. I mean, the most common, probably 95% of all paint to sample, is just you taking a color they didn't offer that year. Right. It was a Porsche color, but no longer offered or whatever. And that's cool, but it's not. We're going to have to go in the back of the warehouse and pull out the can. <laughs> it's not the Holy Grail. I mean, yeah. one of the coolest cars, I, I write for Porsche Panorama Magazine, and, and one of the coolest cars I ever featured was this woman who just had an incredible life story, a really, really interesting gal, and her favorite Bic pen was this shade of metallic purple. And she wanted a 911 SC to match her pen. And so she sent this pen to Porsche. Uh, they color matched it and painted the car and then they sent the pen back with inscribed with the paint code for the car so i did the feature showing her with the car with the actual pen that the car was modeled after and it was so funny because that is so cool uh one if it's truly a one-on-one so it's truly a paint to sample she yeah. provided the sample but the coolest part was just because uh you know her background she was a uh, Peter science person in the 60s was teaching engineers how to do Fortran and stuff. So really way ahead of her time. And so here she's this single gal driving this purple 911 SC and she said, you know, it's the 70s and men would come up to her and say, what a disgrace that you painted your Porsche this color. I can't believe you would have changed the color. And she, you know, had to fight with them to prove it. No, actually this was the color my car was painted. Um, but that was one of the most fun articles, just to meet her and see this car and see that Bic pen. It was killer. Somebody in the Bic marketing department's going, when did they start making Porsches out yeah. of our pens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want a royalty. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, there's yeah. money to be made here yeah. somewhere. Okay, that's a really cool story. Like That is dead right. I don't think I've seen a completely custom PTS newer Porsche. There's a, I mean, Off the top of my head. I, there has. We, we haven't actually seen. I mean, we've seen a couple in Monterey. Oh yeah, uh, I especially I forgot yeah. what his name is out of Florida that always has the he has a Rolls Royce delivered every year. Yeah, yeah he gets those custom colors, but um, it's it's rare. I mean, and and I don't know. And you maybe you could speak to this. You know, when you when you contact Porsche and you you have the money and you go, okay, I I've got this special color that my grandmother knitted into an Afghan when I was two, and I really want this. <laughs> Does Porsche have to, and they go, okay, we made this for one person, but then somebody else sees it and calls them and goes, okay, I'm going to give you an extra five thousand dollars where you paint. I mean, does that happen? It used to, but no. So, okay. so now what happens is the paint to sample list is approved. So there's actually uh -huh. an internal document which says here are the you know 87 or 114 or whatever the number is uh, colors which have been tested. Because one of the things that they do, which makes sense, is they put it through product testing to make sure the product holds up. So they expose it to heat and sun and UV and acid rain and all that stuff to make sure the paint quality will meet Porsche standards. 
So sometimes they'll test a color and they just say, hey, it doesn't meet our standard. Um, and then they won't do it. So that's one of the reasons they almost never will do a true one-off. The only exception would be you've got to be some sort of VAP. Now, and VIP doesn't mean a big enough wallet. It means that there's some intrinsic reason Porsche wants to stamp that they did something in conjunction with you. Everything else has been on the approved list. Um, and then they also do have colors that they'll lock out simply because they have a plan for them. Oh. So they won't allow you to have a color because they say we're going to make another Rain City Supercar Edition. Of course. In this color. They're going to call it Drab Seattle. It's yeah. going to be the color. <laughs> and uh, they're just all from gray. our tears. <laughs> kind yeah. of an olive yeah. and with yeah. a little brown on the, on the yeah. lower rocker. Yeah, on the lower, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and I know there's these company out here, and, and Lamborghini and Ferrari are famous for it in the fact of, like, they will go after people if they if you paint their car, even after you own it. That's a color Ferrari season. especially. Yes, yeah. Ferrari especially, but... And I mean, assuming there's something to it where, you know, like you said, it goes through a, a group or if somebody puts in a color, they got to go, that's not going to look good on our car, even if they're going to like it. And even if it passed testing, you know, we don't want to poop brown <laughs> Panamera out there. So, Although there are some, some funny ones. I mean, one of my favorite cars that I own is a, is, a, is a combination. Let's just say it's highly controversial. So when I take this car places... Um, I mean, I've literally had people say, I just want to vomit on your car. <laughs> or they say, I nice love your you. car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody has no reaction to it, mm. which is what I kind of like about it. Yeah. Like, and, and people Polarizing. say, well, why would you like that? And I said, well, I like it. I don't really care if you like it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to like it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Exactly. And it's fun to have something like that, you know. Those, those, those kind of one-off colors are fun. And I think, obviously, in today's day and age, with, with vinyl wraps becoming so popular, you can really do what you want and have it for as long as you want and kind of make it fun. Yeah. So. They, they've been really good about uh, bringing back the good interior stuff, too. It's not just the exteriors. I've yeah. seen, like, what was the one everybody hated and now everybody wants? Pasha. Pasha. Oh. I love Pasha. That's my favorite interior on any Porsche. And what, color, what is it? That's the, like, the... Hard to look at black and white checker. That's oh all. yes, absolutely. Uh, Shannon yeah. Lowe's yeah. got one in his like hands, I think that's houndstooth. Is that no? No, no. there's houndstooth. There's Pasha's like okay, psychedelic late seventies. It. it makes you dizzy to look at it. Like don't drink heavily and drive. No. You shouldn't anyway. Ever? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks like late late seventies met like visions uh, skateboards. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah in fact, so awesome. I was telling you about my nine twenty eight. I have a seventy nine nine twenty eight. So like just like the risky business car, except for the outside's a color called Hell Blau, and it desperately needs Pasha. Unfortunately, the guy was cool when he ordered and got full leather, but he should have ordered the Pasha. Pasha. Mm -hmm. So it just may come with a little combination blue-black Pasha. Nice. The next upgrade for that. I car. see. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. I mean, yeah. everything comes back around. Yeah. You yeah. know what's funny? As I was talking uh, after girlfriend at her first track day yesterday. She, nice. She didn't love. Thank you, Michelle. Um, she for, didn't love, huh? Well, no, she loved. Oh, she, was, she loved. She is okay. in love. Oh. And she is like, you need to hurry up and find that R8. That was her first response, cause, which is great. Uh, we were looking, just track cars across the board, and the new GT3 came up, and which is beautiful. Absolutely love the new GT3. Hadn't seen one on the road. Walked into Drivers Club today. There's two. <laughs> Since I was here last weekend, yeah. there's now two GT3s on the floor. I think they're really, there's, uh, there's a lot of deliveries happening now. Yeah, I, 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 I think for some reason they're kind of catching up because I've been noticing the YouTube and Facebook, everybody's sort of taking delivery, especially, everything especially is being in the blues. Everything <laughs> is being delivered right now. It's a great time to be a car guy yeah. uh, because this is October, November is when you start seeing the next year deliveries for all the new stuff for anybody who pre-ordered everything. We were talking the other day about the new Rivian. Love the new Rivian. Think it's really cool to see some real, actual Tesla competition with a good-looking truck and an SUV. It's a step minus right. the headlights. Minus the headlights, they're Oof. controversial. But I didn't know they put a dealership in Bellevue. 
I didn't either. Across from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So yeah. we're yeah. talking about him driving out here from Fall City. White Rivian drives right there by me. Go. Brand yeah. new dealer plates on it. I'm like, sweet. And we need to talk about that, bo- that bag of money we're going to find on the side of the road really soon. <laughs> right? right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, new Broncos are like asses now. Everybody's got one. Like, especially <laughs> Broncos sports. every day yeah. now. Yeah, well, the sports have been out forever, but I'm seeing the actual like 4x4s everywhere now. The Broncos sport doesn't count. No. It's I agree. Horrific. 100%. Sorry yeah. if you have one, but. Yeah. I'm waiting for somebody. We love your I said this. <laughs> exactly. Rain City Super Edition. Yeah. edition. I, I'm waiting for somebody to take one of the sports and really try to make it into a true off-road. I, I'm, I'm, somebody will. I'm actually surprised somebody <laughs> didn't do it for Seymour and things like that because they couldn't get their hands on the new Bronco, but I haven't seen anything. So, No, I agree with you. are hideous. But. <laughs> what are you looking forward to seeing coming out? Coming up, is there a Porsche or any other car that's getting excited? Because you're not just a Porsche guy. Let's get that clear. Like, you love Porsches. That is your specialty. But you love cars. And you've said that. And you have other cars. I love cars. And I, you know, what I, what I enjoy about cars is I like a good story. I like good engineering. Um, I like cars that have a focus. Um, and so, like we were talking earlier, oddly enough, I, I got a Jones, oh, probably six months ago. I started watching some of the YouTube videos on the new uh, 86 Subaru BRZ thing. Oh, yeah. And I thought, what am I doing looking at little entry-level 20-something, you know, hip cars, you know? But somehow it spoke to me, and I, and I liked the reviews, and I thought, okay, it's light, it's simple, it's manual, it's rear-wheel drive. Um, there's just some beauty and elegance to that. And to me, most of the modern sort of hypercar, supercar stuff is so fast, I can't drive it on the street. I don't have time to do much track time, and so... Um, I even have an a, a Miata. We were talking about that. And so I thought, well, this is spiritually kind of connected to that a little bit. And they're, they're no money. You know, I thought, well, so I have, I have a new one coming in. I think in three weeks it's going to arrive, you know. And, you know, like $31,000 out the door for a BRZ Limited. I'm like, that's a great car. I'm pretty excited about it. And being a car guy, you know, you get a new car. And either I'll love it and I'll keep it. Or if I have it for a few months and I get tired of it, I'll just... They Move it along. are great cars. I drove uh, one back from Clayalum, <laughs> like blasting along at 90, and I'm just like, it, it is. It, it's, it's just like the Miata. Yeah. It's a good little go-kart. I mean, you got, you got the Subaru version? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Are they making the Toyota version anymore? For whatever reason, the 86 seems to not be hitting the ground, whereas yeah. the, the first BRZs were hitting the ground. So I don't know yeah. what Toyota's <laughs> delay is. Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, they're it's badges are on back order. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, as a Subaru fan, I, I get it, but it's it's a fun little car. It really is. It's you know, you're there's enough room inside where you can actually have two people. It's not like you're scrammed together. Um, it gets up and goes. If you want to modify it, they're very easy to modify and 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 have fun with. And really, you know, the engines are pretty bulletproof, but you know. And if you want to, you can like like the guy from uh, the drift. You can put a Ferrari engine in the front of it and through the windshield and call it a day. That Good was day. really cool, actually. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love yeah. that yeah. stuff. So, well, the funny thing is, you were, you were laughing because you were talking about those the car magazines in the eighties and nineties, and you guys were probably uh, again, you know, smarter than me. But I used to look at those, and I didn't think they were dumb builds. I was like, oh man, I need something like that. So the funny thing is, like, uh, you know, even me who who knows better because I've bought a new bunch of new cars and had gone down this path where I've literally ordered the hop up parts before the new cars even arrived, you know. And so I'm already online thinking. Never done that. I'm like, okay, what suspension goodies are already out there? Yeah. Oh, is there going to be a turbocharger kit for this car? And I'm already like spending time thinking about this. I'm like, okay, this is the most ridiculous thing. Why am I spending actually good time after this? I should just be happy with the way the car comes. But 
Uh, I, I was looking at those magazines just to clarify this, and I, it was like you know the dub bills and stuff, like people that had taken you know Chevrolet, Chevy Silverados and put Escalade front ends on them and and chromed and painted everything underneath. And I'm going, you can't drive that. Like it's not, <laughs> it's a show. I, I didn't, I didn't get that. But I, I always like loved to see the builds that people you know had beat on, and you know they took photos of it, and it was dirty, and it was there were exhaust burns out the side. I'm talking know. about the Arab Beauty and Wings West body oh, kits on your Accord oh, V6 with the five speed manual. Or used to put those on for a living. Yeah. From your mom. Yeah. yeah, and it was you know screwed on with wood screws from the back. <laughs> Don't forget the air, the air kits that everybody put. Oh, on they were too. Yeah. You know, so. we all laugh. We're like, yeah, they were all screwed on with wood screws. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And don't forget underglow, a street glow thing. That was That's just, right. yeah. Everybody needed that with these thick ass wires that could be scraped and broken. So, well, yeah. you'll laugh. My, uh, I, I can admit this is a safe space. I'm, I'm hoping it's a safe space. Yeah. So we'll see. What are you going to say? <laughs> Growing up in Kirkland, of course, this is when you used to cruise. You know, so oh yeah, absolutely. You cruise Lake Washington Boulevard, and and I remember this is about 1986 or something. And the coolest guy out there had the Mazda B2000, like an 86 oh, yeah, the first, right? Mm-hmm. With the lowrider. But he did the coolest thing I'd ever seen. He turned the rear uh, bed into a hot tub. Yeah, so, that's yeah, still pretty here, cool. I'm pretty much like this teenage boy, and he's cruising down, you know, and he's got like his Fosgate 15s in the back, you know, bumping the, you know, at the Sir Mix-a-Lot Posse on Broadway or whatever. And he's got like girls in bikinis in the hot tub rolling down Lake Washington Boulevard. I'm like... There's like yes. a high point and in life. Everything's great till he hits the brakes too hard and all the water comes <laughs> to the dash. But yeah, so I, I, I would be right there. I'd yeah. be going, this would be great. But you imagine what it would have cost like, to, to, to get that car to go with that much weight? <laughs> oh, can you imagine the <laughs> handling like, dynamics? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. With this little 22R. Hold on to your bikini. We're taking a left. <laughs> but, but the best part is you probably put a header on his 22R and he felt better about it, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Louder means faster. Everybody knows that. Everybody if I was a that. teenager, that would have been really cool. Of course, now I look back, he oh, was absolutely. probably 40, and he had 16-year-old girls in the back, so that's his yes, own probably. creepy. Yeah. There, was, there was a whole pedophile vibe yeah. to that, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just missing a free candy sign. Yeah, it's like the old van at the park, right? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Hey, vans used to be cool. I remember the 18. Hey, they're back, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, don't 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 hate vans. I love vans. I don't hate I vans at vans. all. In I fact, mean, one of my most tearful vans I sold literally like a year ago because I got so much grief from friends, I had a... 2000, I think it was a 2002 Chevy Express LT. Okay. And I loved this van. Like, it was the coolest thing ever. And, like, people would be like, do you belong to, like, a weird church group or something? I go, <laughs> yeah, where's your guitar? Oh. <laughs> do you want to talk, me, talk to me about my Lord and Savior? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, and it was great. I loved this thing. In fact, during the beginning of COVID, uh, I found a car I wanted to buy in Omaha. And I, I thought, okay, well, this is, they really weren't flying and people were really, really were freaked out. And I thought, I got plenty of time on my hands. So I thought, well, I'll bet you I can drive to Omaha, pick up a car, you know, get a U-Haul trailer, bring it back, and somehow do that over five days and never speak to a single human being. Like, this is going to be my test. So, <laughs> yes. I, so I got my LT van, which has the bed in the back, right? <laughs> got all my, my towing stuff and uh, packed a cooler of food. And then other than, you know, using my credit card at the pump, I didn't talk to anybody. I drove it all the way to Omaha. The guy I went to buy the car from, he stayed in the house, and I talked to him on FaceTime as I looked at the car in the, park <laughs> in the garage, bought the car, and then I got to U-Haul. I used the app to pick up the trailer and then loaded the car, brought it all the way back here, and in five days, I didn't interact with a single human being. Sounds uh, joyful. <laughs> and, I, and I lived in my Chevy Express van, which I'm telling you, I could be happy as a clam living in my Chevy Express van with my U-Haul trailer. Living the dream. I mean... You know, I'm I'm all about vans. I mean, we've talked about if 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 
Dodge ever made that van they, they, they did with the Hellcat engine in it, I'd be all over it. It's the only minivan I would own. So I still want the GMC from the A-Team. I've never outgrown oh. it. I don't well, care. Of I'm course, just, everybody I've never wants outgrown it. I mean, <laughs> There's never been a time in my life I didn't want that van. <laughs> Everyone wants the shagging wagon, right? I mean, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, I just always wanted that truck from uh, Kill Bill. I think that was the real, that's the real classy one. Uh, so <laughs> leave that name out, but uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I think. It, it think you know. When I look back to my childhood, you know, the, the two cars that, that dominated my childhood were Dukes of Hazard and the eighteen, and probably Night Rider, yeah, the kit yeah. from Night Rider. Yeah. Um, and it. I mean, that's you know <laughs> the trifecta. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times that I tried to take from an uh, from an AutoZone. AutoZone had those the lights. <laughs> I mean, I tried to put one on a Subaru. It never worked. It never worked. Everybody wanted that because you always wanted to go into a dark garage and turn it on. Well, I, yeah. my C6 Z06 was yeah. black on black on black, See? and it had that intake right in the front there, and I was like, how do I hide the LEDs in there? Yeah. It's like, I'll never have them on, but just for that one time I want to mess with my friends, I really want that in there, and I never did it, and I still wish I had to this day. Calling up Hollywood, getting Mr. Feeney to record some things for you? Yeah, <laughs> yes. absolutely. <laughs> so, if you don't know, Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney was the voice for Kit. Yes. Yes, yeah. And nobody can beat the A-Team. I mean, it's that was... I can't believe I was allowed to watch that, actually, looking back. That and the Dukes of Hazard. I still want a 308 for Magnum P.I. Yeah. <sighs> Not to mention chips. See, I like chips because the cars that were on the freeway, I always paid attention oh, yeah. to when they were out driving around. I was okay. like, in California, That's they fair. had way cooler cars. So I always, they I didn't care do. what they were doing. I just was like, hey, just you keep driving on those motorcycles because I'm going to check out what's in the background. Move along, Ponch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Boy, I forgot about that, too. Jeez. Old school. All right, let's take our next break. We'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Okay, so uh, we're talking about the break, about a little bit online auctions and stuff like that. And I want to add to that of like, what car are you looking for? What car have you been looking for that you haven't been able to find yet? Or, I mean, not even price-wise, just like what, what's, what's that holy grail right now? You know, I, I'm all over the map, but... Uh, oh, know. I have seven of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, people are going to listen to this show and think, this guy's so odd, but my holy grail, I'd like a late W123-240D manual slick top and bamboo. Yeah, call me crazy. At least he doesn't no. know exactly what he wants. That's, yeah. It's kind of sad, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I love something about a 52 horsepower, you know, diesel... <laughs> Four speed that you know it's twenty one seconds zero to sixty time, eventually uh, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just something about that car. I just I've owned a few over the years and they speak to me. So that's a that's certainly that's a on cool the list. Um, I'd go for an A team van. You know, if that popped up, I think I'd be a bitter like a little Uncle Rico special. <laughs> I am realizing we are the guys from old school right now, but yeah. I'm okay with it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Get the old red dragon out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you I know, mean, funny enough, people always think I'd be searching for Porsche, but, you know, I, I get so many Porsches, and I, ha- I have so many Porsches that um, those kind of end up in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't have to seek those out. I mean, I get the, I'm blessed to get they those find opportunities. You. Yeah. Um, 
nobody calls and offers me the uh, 83-240D four-speed. So if you're, if you're listening and your grandma has this car, you know, it, it, it speaks to me. Call me. But uh, Yeah, tell her it's not worth anything. Yes. You want to get it out of the garage <laughs> and you know a guy. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about being in, in the automotive industry and these online auctions and how that affects things. I mean, good, bad, ugly. Do you think it's a, it's a good place for people to go? I mean, obviously, we go online and most, most of eBay now is full of, of dealerships that are selling everything on eBay. And they're not really for sale on eBay. It's, no. it's another place for them to advertise. Yeah. I mean, I guess the first question is, how, you know, how uh, correct and polite are we being? Are we being very transparent here? How about that? We're how transparent. About authentic. 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 Like transparent. Yes. Uh, so like all of you, uh, I check BAT daily, probably four times <laughs> yep. a day. So uh, I will admit I have an addiction. Uh, I'm seeing a therapist about it. I'm trying to work through these issues. Oh, you guys uh, both get on there at the same time? Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so seeing me, I need a portion. Yeah. <laughs> I am a big fan, so I, so, I, so I get it. I think that there's a lot of things going on that people don't talk about, though, with online auctions. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is I think so many of the auctions, there's such a disconnect between what's perceived as being sold and maybe what actually is being delivered. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this big unspoken thing because for two things, people don't like to admit when they've been taken and when you know the product shows up and they go, oh, not quite what I was thinking. It was it's a die-cast car, right? crap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they don't you know, want to admit that they did something foolish. And they also recognize they don't want to damage the future value of said car by saying anything publicly. So it just sort of, you know, doesn't... But yeah. but one of the things that no one seems to talk about is you look at these various auction formats and literally probably a third of the cars it'll say, you know, seller purchased car here, you know, March of 2021. You're thinking, well, that's an interesting. I mean, sometimes life can change, but it's like really funny reasons. The guy's like, oh, I found out my daughter was going to college. I'm like, well, pretty sure you would have known your daughter was 17 when you bought said car. Yeah. Uh, maybe She's she, not as dumb as I thought. She's yeah. going to college. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought we were going to marry her off. Yeah. But, you know, um, it's better to have a shotgun wedding. So yeah. I'm thinking, is it really that you got the car and went, you know, this isn't quite what I think. Um, and I think there's this, in the previous, when, when the auctions were more nascent period, there were so many experts really adding value and people think they're still experts. Well, it's spread so thin. I mean, now that you have several hundred cars running at a time, the true experts aren't vetting the cars in the way that they once were. And what you're getting is you're getting people that just want attention, quote, vetting the cars, and they don't know, you know, what the hell they're talking about. Um, and, it, and it goes true for the customers, too. Like, I, I won't rat out this particular auction, but it struck me as hilarious, right? So a particular Porsche was listed on said well-known site, and the audience was smart enough to say, hey, how about some paint meter photos, right? Perfect, legit question. They've yeah. done their diligence. They know, I want to know paint meter. Um, so the seller, he's being smart. He goes on Amazon. He buys himself a $59 paint meter. It arrives the next day, and he dutifully takes pictures and, and posts the pictures of the paint meter and loudly proclaims, all original paint. And so everyone claps and cheers. Oh, thank you, seller. You did a good job. No one pointed out that none of the values he posted were indicative of original paint. <laughs> so it's like they... Nobody, they knew, nobody knew the original. No. So it's funny. So they uh, check the box. Oh, paint meter photos. But it's like if you got lab results from your doctor, but you didn't know what the hell good or bad meant. 
And your the, cholesterol's at 600. That's good, right? Oh. I mean, yeah. Higher's <laughs> better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Higher's better. <laughs> so it was just funny. And, and I think people are hesitant now to call out. Like, even for me, I no longer comment in any meaningful way because I'm well-known in the space and it can look like sour grapes if I'm saying something. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm watching this going, well, someone's going to chime in and say, oh, well, the car should meter between four and six and a half mils and you're showing 12 to 15, <laughs> right? But nobody did. And they're all like, good job, seller. Hey, there's original paint under six or seven layers there. Come yeah. on, you're fine. So it's, it's that kind of stuff that I'm seeing happen now is this transition. Uh, and it's, some of it's comical, but some of it breaks my heart because, I, again, I love the cars and I want someone to have a good experience. And it doesn't mean that a car with a non-original paint is not a good car. It can be fine. But it's something you'd want to know. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, and I think bring a trailer has helped in the industry a little bit because they really push people to get all the information. I mean, I remember when eBay Motors came out and it was like, you checked a box and said, <laughs> I'm selling a Corvette. Sure, it's got a motor. Like, <laughs> nobody checked it. Like, I mean, yeah. it, and I think they have to get better, I think, because people are demanding it. But it's, you know, I mean, so many times you will come. I mean, I remember being at Barrett Jackson, they pulled the car off the block because they had, the owner had lied through his teeth and they yeah. just hadn't had a chance to check it. And when they did, nothing was true. So that's not Barrett's fault. I'm not bashing them, but yeah. Yeah, they get so. what they're submitted. They look up and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was good on them for pulling it, actually. Yeah. That's not a Golf. <laughs> that's a Fiat with, uh, <laughs> with barn doors. That doesn't count. Yeah. Well, and you hope consumers are smart enough to, to think logically through hope. Yeah. any of these cars, whether it's an actual physical auction or whether it's an online auction, except for at the very, very top of the market, nobody inspects these cars. So. No. That's why you'll see the language, you know, seller claims, believed to be, mm-hmm. um, stated as. Those are all disclaimer words because no one's looked at it. They're just taking the seller's word. And so I always tell people, uh, I'm what I call platform agnostic, meaning that I'll buy a car off any platform without ascribing a value positive or negative to it. So a lot of people say, oh, I bought it off, you know, this venue, so therefore it's good. Oh, or I bought it off eBay, therefore it's bad. I bought it off Craigslist, it's bad, Right. And I say, well, good cars get sold in bad places and bad cars get sold in good places. You have to be willing and able to do the work to decipher whether it's a good car. Um, and in some ways, the, the opportunity in today's market is the arbitrage of finding good product in bad venues and putting it in the right venue, mm. right? So case in point, I just sold an NA Miata, an 8,000-mile uh, 94 M edition car spectacular car, it's like right? brand new for oh like in <laughs> the wrapper nothing like chalk under the chassis i mean you could eat off the bottom of the car right and i bought it off craigslist in helena montana because i was there visiting my kid and as any good car guy does i was had an hour to kill he had, <laughs> right. a, he had a class to go to and he's like dad you can just hang out and i get on my phone i'm like yeah, i'll buy a car <laughs> and i see this miata original owner eight thousand miles i was like doop, 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 doop. i went over and went to the guy's house old guy bought this car and Again, it was just who's going to buy this car in Helena, Montana? Uh, right. So you do the right things right and you place, put it right in, time. Yeah. You, you put it out there, and that's really where the opportunity. People say, "Are there any buys in the market?" Well, you have to be willing to go to places that maybe not everyone is. Yep. And I do that a lot. You, you, can, you can be prepared no matter what. I'm I'm following a story that's kind of developing and on an F40 that got sold three PPI inspections, and they missed the fact that the the transmission was totally blown. And the new owners are going through it and all that. But, I mean, it happens. It's, it's, you, can do, you can have the best of attentions. You can have the best people doing it. Things get missed. I mean, it's, it's tough. And, and sometimes people just don't know. So, 
I, yeah. I love buying cars in weird places and driving them home. That's my favorite thing. You or, just like going to weird places. Yeah. So well, it's, it's or you different. just buy cars that are worth less in certain places. And I bought the C6 in California where they were a dime a dozen at the time. It was like 45 grand up here or 35 down there. Drove it up, put 20,000 miles on it, sold it for more than I paid for it. But my S2000 in outside of St. Louis, this little tiny tent. I flew into St. Louis. I flew out of St. Louis to some tiny little plane that I barely fit in that had mail on it as well to another small town and bought this S2000 in January. I drove it home. I drove it for two years and I sold it for 3000 more than I paid for it. And it was because I bought it in the middle of a freaking cornfield, basically. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I, I was driving back yesterday in that storm and when it kind of let up, I was next to a, a car hauler. And, you know, car haulers, I, I, they're exposed car haulers. Oh, yeah. And in that very back spot right behind the cab was an S2000, a white S2000. That oh, was my unicorn. was as mint as I can Like, to the point where I was looking at that going, that should be enclosed. Like, yeah. there's no way this should be outside. Like, there's an Escalade hanging, banging off the back. And I'm like. <laughs> my white on anything but yeah. tan AP2 S2000 is like one of the unicorns. Somebody's getting something good over here. But, I mean, I was just looking at it going. Like, even driving in the rain, I'm looking at it going. Like, this, it was clean. It was nice. Like, it, you know, it, I was just going, what is that doing on an unexposed trailer? Like, See, now we need to have a whole, we can have a whole podcast about transport. And we could tell horror stories. Because yep. I'll oh. bet you five bucks that guy paid for enclosed transport. And it shows up at his door in an enclosed transport. He just didn't know it, it made know 90% yeah. of the transport yep. open. Yeah. I've if you're listening to this and you're taking delivery of an S white S2000, Sorry. we should talk. Yeah. <laughs> we know nothing. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I mean, that happens. That's actually I, a great topic. I remember uh, when, when my dad had a, a 1985 535 and had 185 horsepower, was the most powerful yeah. four-sedan in the world. And we got to know the BMW dealership in Spokane because that's where I grew up. And, and I, was, I always laugh because when BMWs, BMWs always made this big thing about the fact that they came in an enclosed trailer. And most of the time they do because BMW has their own trailers. But there's been so many times, but now being older, I've been driving somewhere and I'll see an open with brand new BMWs, like blowing in the wind. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, like what, exactly what you said. They're pulled into a lot. They're put in an enclosed trailer and they are delivered in an enclosed trailer. Well, so. In fact, I, I laugh. Uh, hopefully if someone's buying, if you're buying a new, uh, 2020 E63 AMG wagon, this might have been your car, but a really good client of mine uh, takes some storage space for me. And so and I've got cameras on my building. And so it's like Sunday night, like a week ago. And I get a little notification that someone's behind my building. And so I look at my phone and I look and I think there's like a Do- old Dodge Ram truck with a U-Haul trailer behind my building. And so I zoom in and I'm like, huh. So I can see this gal that works for my client. I thought, so I call my client. And I said, hey, do you have someone at the building? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I sold off my E63 wagon. She's getting it loaded. I'm out of town. And I said, do you know who's picking your car up? He goes, I don't know. The dealer hired someone. And I said, well, let me just take you a screenshot of who's here picking up your new E63 wagon. <laughs> and it's a guy with the Dodge Ram with the U-Haul. Apparently his trailer broke and he had to uh-huh. rent this. So I said, I don't care. It's not on me. I said, I'm just going to send a screenshot and ask if your guy really wants his, you know, $150,000 car towed on an open U-Haul trailer behind a 1995 Dodge uh, half-ton pickup truck. Is that car being sold local? Uh, it is going to Arizona, Okay, good. Well, okay, yeah. Uh, although, who knows <laughs> like, with that setup? One of those. No, no, I know somebody who bought one, like, <laughs> yesterday, so. I can I show like, you the photos. No, 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 no. <laughs> good. I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. It left so, in great condition. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. No, okay. That's an uh, awesome car. So. Yes, it is. That's yeah. funny. I, I, when I sold my C6 Z06, uh, I, I was living in Arlington at the time, and the guy who bought it was out of Utah, actually. 
and he had a transport come pick it up, arranged for it. Nicest guy gave me like, you know, we did the whole deal, money ahead of time, money cleared, no problems with the transaction the sale. But the guy who came to pick it up, he said a transport's going to come pick it up. A tow truck pulls up, flatbed tow truck. So I call the guy right away. So I'm like, you said a transport's coming up. There's a tow truck here. It's like, one, this is, it's a flatbed, but he does not have the right equipment to load a car this low. And if you've ever seen a C6 Corvette, they have enough overhang to scrape on everything and anything in the road. Any driveway you've ever been up, it's going to scrape on. I went through three front splitters on that car in the time I had it. Like, they're just, they were like 50 bucks from Chevy. You just replaced one every year. That was just fact of life of owning a C6 Z06. I said, but, I said, it's going to scrape. I had literally like a board at the end of my driveway just to get in and out. And I didn't have a steep driveway. Said, it's going to scrape on the trailer, man. I was like, I'll take all the photos you want, but I am signing off right now. Like, this is out of my hands. If this is what you want to go with, he'll load it up, but it's going to get damaged. Period. Sure enough, as soon as it goes in the truck, <laughs> as soon as it goes into the truck, front splitter just folds under the car and just rips it right off the front of the car. I'm just like, okay, like, I told you. He's like, that's ah, fine. I know you, I, I had another splitter, like, in the back of a car that I hadn't used yet. Because, like I said, I bought them in bulk from the Corvette yeah. Forum. They would do group buys. And so I bought three of them, I think, for 50 bucks each. And Big spender. Yeah. And so he's like, it's fine, I guess. Just let it go. I'm like, dude, this car was pristine when I sent it to you. And I had a buddy of mine come out with a really nice camera because I just had the, this is a long time ago. You just had those little crappy point and shoots. I had a nice DSLR come out and give me like really high res photos in an obnoxious way of like every corner and every bad angle that thing would scrape on because it's Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm sending you all the photos. This is how it left. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, he was I th- happy when he got it, but he did have to have the front bumper repaired. I think everybody assumes that because they go online and they try to find a better deal that Reliable is going to show up and, and, and take their car or, you know, and they're not. I mean, you want that reliable price and you want that care. And even those guys can screw up from time to time. But oh, yeah, we've seen it with exotics at Drivers Club. I mean, even yeah. the best transporters have a bad day. You know, like somebody comes in the trailer and walks around it with a, you know, something on their belt, belt or a ribbon yeah. on their jeans, and it's like, down that RS. Saw that in person, actually. The only, and I will say this, if, if you're scheduling a car to be picked up and a tow truck shows up, it better be because the semi can't get to your house. That's really the only reason that it, it should go on a tow truck, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this will be a whole podcast on. Oh, the, I uh, we agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have you back. We'll so talk. misunderstood. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I I always tell customers. I said, I know you have this little cute image that this nice little tidy person is going to show up and they're going to pick up your pristine car and they're going to put it in the trailer and it's going to magically show up for your at your house in Memphis. I go, no, that's just not how. It's going to open work. the door and all the popcorn is going <laughs> to yeah. fall out that's been yeah. protecting your car. <laughs> I remember even when my Turbo S broke down. Like Porsche just sent like a standard tow truck and I had to like walk him through cause they had the, you know, the metal hooks they pulled it on with. And oh. so I was like, no, no, no. And I had a pack full of microfiber towels in the car. And I was like, you're putting these between the hooks and the suspension at bare minimum. It's like, I'm blocking a road. So I got to get it off. But I was like, no, no, no. And he was looking at me like I was just, you know, some uptight asshole. And I was like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> I called Porsche and my service advisor was really on him about it. Thank God. Do you, so. do you remember the guy that came and picked the Maserati up? Oh, yeah. The side of the Folded state? the bumper? Yeah. So yeah. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I never towed one of them before. Great. <laughs> Literally what he said. Just like that. I never towed one of them before. He quote. It's going to sit in my yard over tonight. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> See, then you have the opposite. I had, I had the funniest experience. I almost thought I was being punked. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm doing some repair on my son-in-law. He's got a Chevy Silverado pickup. It's like a 2004, right, with a 5.3 Vortec that needs a motor. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it for you, right? So we're having this thing towed, and this guy shows up in a tow truck. And as a car guy, you notice right away, like, 
he's got a probably a two-year-old rollback that you could have ate off the chassis. Yeah. Like detail, he's got like the 22 and a halfs, all polished up, all the yes. LED lighting. He's clearly polished the bed. It's like flawless, right? And his shirt doesn't have a mark or nothing on yep. him. He gets out and he's like, I was like, wow, this is kind of strange. I said, you're just picking up this crappy 2004 Silverado, right? He treats it better than 99% of customers <laughs> ever treated like hypercars I've loaded. Yep. And he gets out there. He he has these like soft straps through the wheels. He's like, man, I want to make sure I don't damage your wheels. I'm like, dude, have you looked at the truck? Um, and he's so proud. I did more damage than you're going to do. And, th- and then he says to me, it's so funny. He goes, oh, it looks like this thing leaks some oil. I said, yeah, well, the motor's bad, so it's kind of leaking. He kind of like looks almost like hurt. Like, oh. oh I just paused the deck. Yeah. yeah. So he literally has like this like uh, shrink wrap and he gets under the truck and he wraps underneath that and then he tapes down cardboard underneath it so it won't drip on the deck of his truck. I'm like, this is a man who loves his job. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm like, I would hire you. There are few and far between, but there are those people that oh, take yeah. pride in that job. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Do you remember when Drivers Club had the, um, what was it? The Jesco? Was it? No, what was it? Which one? The Koenigsegg? The Koenigsegg. Yeah. Were, yeah those, those guys loaded that thing up. They literally white gloved that car into and out of the transport and it was the it was the first one it was the, the prototype that came up and so they literally white gloved the car in and out of the trailer it was like yeah you could have like laid down and just licked the floor it was, well, it, it was traveling with the world record holder at the time too but i mean it was that was yeah, really I, cool I get see. that yeah i'm sure that was an insurance requirement of like <laughs> this car is going to leave here you're going to make sure it's done right so, that was really yeah. cool to see though. yeah yeah they're well, out there they're good transporters out there but yeah everybody has a bad day unfortunately oh yes yeah. now, sometimes yeah. you get the opposite and one of my uh, you know, and he, hopefully he's not listening to this, although he might get a good chuckle out of it. I've got a good client of mine who, uh, we'll call him eccentric. He's a great man. Like, I, I really enjoy him. The good collectors are, really, yeah. though. And so, uh, but what I like about him is every car he has, he drives, right? So God bless I, him. I sold him a GT2 RS a few years ago, and then he decided he wanted to go a different direction. He says, well, come over, let's talk about what I want to do, and then we can, you can take the GT2. I said, okay, no problem. So <clears throat> I get over there, and the car, of course, is filthy. The splitter's cracked, and the wheel's... I just, fil- I mean, just, it's filthy, right? And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, Metropolitan, they'll get this car, they'll get it all polished up. So I'm going around it, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to do a little PDR, I got to touch up some wheel rash. And I open up the passenger door, and I just literally am speechless. I think, oh, wow, I don't even, wow, I, I'm not sure. And I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't think this client has a dog. The driver or the passenger side dash above the, like the glove box literally looks like some large animal has mauled it. <laughs> like all the deviated <laughs> stitching is like pulled out and there's big holes and scratches torn in the whole leather dash. And I, I look and I'm like, okay. So I, I look at him and I said, what the hell happened here? And he goes from looking kind of glum, which is his typical look. He's kind of a mad scientist type to looking like overjoyed. He's like, oh my God, I got to tell you about this. This is so great. And I go, wow, okay. People aren't usually excited. That <laughs> Not the reaction destroyed. I was looking for. Yeah, okay. And he goes, you know me, I'm an avid cyclist. I figured out, I, I took out the bucket seat. Oh God. And then what I could do is if I took the front wheel off, I could shove the car in oh. and then, then I just could rest the forks on the dash and I didn't have to put a rack on the car. <laughs> And I kid you not, he was proud of this. He, he was like, this is great. I can take my bike to work, and then when the weather's good, I can bike home. <laughs> <laughs> and 
That's why I said to They him, make I, suction cup mounts yeah. for that for Porsches. Porsche, oh, no, yeah. they offer a rack for the... No, I guess if you have a YSEC package, you have the carbon roof and you don't can't get the, the bike mount, but you can get a sea sucker rack on it. So what we ended up doing is I said, well, you recognize I can't sell this car, right? Yeah. And so what we came up with, <laughs> you know, so if you bought a car, if you have a GT2 RS and it was ever once sold through Mannheim, uh, you might have this car. I said, what we'll do is we'll run it through the auction and whatever it brings and whatever I'll pay you on trade. And that's what we did. We ran it through the auction because I was like, I don't even know where you would start. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking a whole new dash, everything. Oh. Yeah. And he thought it was great. He was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I got my fun out of it. <laughs> so he took the seat out and was storing his bike in there. And, yeah. Which makes a lot of logical sense, right? You yeah. I'm just thinking a- of the 40 old virgin. I'm going to put my bike in your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Um, so I put my electric skateboard in the front seat of my Turbo S a few times, but I've covered it in like towels and I had a cover on it. <laughs> I do that with my Subaru. <laughs> yeah. There was no towels, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, good for him, I guess. I don't know. I love that they're driven. I mean, it's, it's not here right now, but I know a, driver, a driver's club uh, member who just got snow tires on their GT2 RS. Yeah. And it, I know it sees snow. It saw it last year. A lot of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Think, I don't even think I'd do that. <laughs> Rear-wheel drive, 710 yeah, horsepower. Just, yeah. <laughs> what could go there's, wrong? There's certain things you just shouldn't do. It's, it's really just a really fast plow. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's low yeah. enough. Well, it's funny you talk about my... I could my, fit my sled in the front if I take out the... <laughs> like my Holy Grail car, I remember I worked at the Porsche dealer when I was in high school over here in Bellevue before it was Barrier. And they had a poster, and I've been looking for this poster forever because I want to recreate this, but they had a poster. This is in the 964 era, and they had a, a picture of a white 964 up in the uh, Swiss Alps, and it showed this white 964 with four snow chains on it, and it had a ski rack on the roof. And I always looked at that poster and thought, okay, yeah. not only be, would that be cool, but to be, at that time, you know, I'm a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, like, to be wealthy enough that you could take this portion yeah. and be like, oh, yeah. It's my snow car. It's my snow car, right? Yeah. And I'm going to put a rack on it. And I've always thought, I want to recreate that. Put yeah. the snow tires on Oh, I agree. The, the, yeah, the chains and I never did the chains. I did oh. snow tires on the Turbo S, and it was fantastic in the ice and snow. Like that was so much fun in the snow. Like because just like nobody expected to see it, and it had so much grip. Like, I think it had the best all-wheel drive system I've ever driven. I mean, Ferrari amazing. sold the FF driving up the side of a ski hill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, good for them. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny if you guys. I don't know if you guys read Pano or not, but about most oh, maybe three years ago. Uh, so I write for Pano, and so Rob Sass, who's the editor, is a good friend of mine, and. And we like to banter funny car ideas. And so I said, you know, one of the things I hate about car magazines, it's so formulaic. It's like pretty people driving pretty, pretty cars, cars in pretty places. I'm like, how about we take some ugly people uh, and we'll drive. <laughs> Put them in an alley. <laughs> uh, we'll drive in an ugly season. And, you know, and he says, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, let's go. Because we, we already had to be in Pennsylvania. I said, let's take like some all-wheel drive Porsche and drive it through the winter up to Quebec. Because yeah. they had Ice Carnival, right? So we, he had a 996 Turbo and he's like, we can take my car. And, I said, and so we got Michelin to give us some snow tires. Okay. And um, we drove from uh, eastern Pennsylvania all the way up to Quebec City and then drove into Tor- Toronto and then down into Detroit. We did almost 3,000 miles over like seven I read hours. That. Yeah. I read that. That yeah. was great. And we had so much fun. And uh, props to Rob. Like, he is the coolest guy because we're literally, we're like, on like grade three roads in like northern Maine, which like basically <laughs> logging roads, hard packed snow. And I'm doing triple digits, and he's sitting in the passenger seat looking at his phone. And he's, I'm like, you want to drive? He's like, nope, you're good. And we just hammered that car. I mean, just. It's always nice when it's somebody else's car. Yeah. And <laughs> like somebody's Land Rover. Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> Hypothetically, yeah. 
I think we could talk forever, yeah. but um, yeah, we gotta we gotta wrap this one up. Uh, what's going on with Avance? Uh, let's see. You're speaking of driving cars in bad conditions. Uh, Avance Off Road, November twentieth. We'll be there for that, of course, with the heater, with the grill, yeah, with the cooler, with the fireplace. Everybody loved the heater. Promise. Yeah, it worked out well. The heater works great. Yes. You put the heater yeah. in the tent. It's just a nice little hot box there. Yeah. Uh, rescheduled December second is Avance Ladies Night. Mm. Uh, yeah, Christy's feeling better, so you guys can have that now. That's at uh, Group Two. In Woodenville, check that out, ladies. Um, let's see here. It's a private car tour coming up to that. It's, uh, more of Avance Off-Road. But those are the main two things you should focus on right now. We'll talk about the rest in our next few yeah. episodes. But Avance Off-Road, come by. Just come by, check it out. Yeah. You don't have to, like, go out off-road. It's super fun for spectators. Come hang out with us. Yeah. It's fun. So Got swag. Thank you for coming. I, we definitely want to have you back on because I think I think we could have I think you're right the transporter episode would be kind of fun I think it's some of the things we've seen and probably you've seen so oh, it would yeah. be a comedy hour yeah there's a good do's and don'ts guide there too right yep <laughs> I think so all right for this episode of Rain City Supercars I'm Nick I'm Dan and don't just get there enjoy the drive. <laughs>